When something happens that doesn't fit into our established range of knowledge or experience, there is a tendency to draw away from it. But a sheriff in southeast Idaho was determined to find the truth. What began as a murder-suicide led this small-town sheriff on a wild chase across numerous counties searching for the leaders of a satanic cult and those responsible for the hundreds of animals being mutilated in the counties across the West. Did God visit his wrath by unleashing the dam waters and wiping out the evil that resided in the Teton Dam spillway? Stay tuned. Mystery Media Group presents Case File 32. listening to Mystery Media Group. Yay! Hello, I'm Melissa with Ghost Girl Memoirs. And I'm Mike with Paranormal Treasure Hunter, and you are listening to Destination Mysteries. We believe the paranormal is all around us, and every destination is an adventure. We never know what we're going to find in our adventure, but we do know that we'll have an interesting story to tell when we return. We're not going to the same locations or telling the same stories that you've heard over and over. Most of our destinations will be in locations you've never thought to look or investigate or explore. We are here to bring exciting and spooky new content, and we hope you will join us in our journey toward discovering the truth. This is part two of the Teton Dam Spillway, where we're going to discuss some information that we learned. Michael, you take over because you are the one that discovered this book. Because I'm very interested in the Dam Spillway. Yeah, the Dam Spillway. <laughs> a lot of damn fun. It is a lot of damn fun. <laughs> Maybe our curiosity about this place is maybe a little bit morbid, but a good friend of mine, Bruce, has heard me talk about this before, and he was reading a book, and he thought I would enjoy it, so he gave me a copy. It's called Better and Honest Scoundrel by Stephen T. Watts, The Chronicles of a Western Lawman. Stephen T. Watts was a, in the sheriff's department. He wrote a book about all of his adventures as a lawman and all of his cases and the stuff that he found. And towards the end of the book, he did a section on the Teton Dam and the events that surrounded it. So back in the 70s, in Shelley, there was a suicide or a murder. They weren't sure what it was yet. But a young lady and her husband, they found dead in her apartment. They also found a bunch of symbols scratched out in the blood from the two people. So he was called on to investigate it. And they were going to call it a suicide. And that's what they wrote it down in the books because it was easier if it's a suicide than a murder to investigate. But a few weeks after this happened, a concerned citizen came over and said, I don't think this was a suicide. I think she was murdered. And so Watts said, asked him why. The man said that she belonged to a group that she said were holding ceremonies, killing animals, conducting sacrifices, calling up demons drug use, and even talk of human sacrifice, even though she didn't see one. So 
the sheriff decided he needed to look into this a little bit more. And the more he looked into this, the more evidence he found of foul play. It turns out that the boyfriend did kill her and then killed himself because it was part of the initiation for this group that they were in. So this is how he begun his role in the cattle mutilation movement, I guess is what we should call it. Watson and his partner were getting complaints from all over the area about what had been happening in Fremont County, Idaho. A special investigator was called in. She looked at all the evidence, all the files relating to the so-called cattle mutilations. She spent several minutes on the files. She handed them back, left, and didn't return. A few days later, she produced a detailed report that said absolutely nothing was happening. Quote, she could find no evidence of anything unusual or criminal activity. Her opinion was that it was a natural phenomenon, despite the fact that no blood was found, no tracks. Surgical precision on the cuts were found. The citizens of the area started setting up their own roadblocks, setting up patrols, and closing down roads. At one point, deputies started speaking about rumors of black helicopters flying over at night and figures that appeared to be men in black capes and hoods. So what were the helicopters doing? Were they the ones doing the mutilating? Or were they the ones looking for the mutilators, the criminals? Or were they UFOs? Or were they military looking for the culprits? What's your thought on that, Melissa? I personally think that they were looking for... You think the black helicopters were looking for the That's my opinion, because I feel like if they were doing the mutilating, you would see them before the mutilation happens, not after. Because normally, according to mom... They would be seen hmm. after a mutilation had happened. I remember asking her several years ago if she would saw that. She's like, now that I think about it, I have seen the helicopters in the fields across the street from us where that stuff was happening. We've talked about cattle mutilations before and how it was going on in the area around us. This is the same time period that came from that book of when we, we were talking about it. Yeah, exact same time period. And we did an interview with Chuck Zukowski from Alien Highway last season. And he mentioned that also that the helicopters show up after the mutilation has occurred. There was an episode titled Mutilation on the Prairie or something like that, which goes into detail about all of that. Talks a lot about the black helicopters and when they show up. Is that what you think too? Or do you think something else? Oh, that's what I think is that they were trying to figure out what was going on. Because like you said, it came after the mutilation that happened. As Stephen Watts and his partner were looking into this, they became more and more involved with it because more and more was happening. Cows and animals were disappearing or being killed and left on the side of the road. They found a lot of them out by the dump in St. Anthony. And they found a lot down there by the Teton Dam. The more that these happened, the more scared the people got. So they started calling in professionals, people who were supposed to know what was going on, veterinarians and stuff like that. And a good portion of the people were saying there's no such thing as catamutilations. They weren't the ones out in the field seeing it firsthand. One of the quotes said, quote, I've never seen any of the dead cows, but I know it can't be happening. He didn't see anything, but he just knows it's not happening. Yeah. That kind of reminds me of one of the very first quotes in that chapter that says, when something happens that doesn't fit into our established range of knowledge or experience, something that is totally foreign to our thinking, there is a tendency to draw away from it. So when you can't understand it, you just ignore it. Right. 
So lots of them were saying it was a natural occurrence, but the eyes missing, the perfect cuts, the blood gone, it wasn't a predator. It wasn't a natural occurrence. The ranchers, they've been raising these cattle their whole life. They know the difference between what's natural and what's not. They know more than anybody else that's trying to. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, they know when a wolf has eaten something and when it's been cut. Whatever it was that cut him was a serrated blade. So that is not a wolf or a coyote or anything like that. As things escalated, more agencies from other counties and states, from Utah, Wyoming, Montana, Colorado, all started meeting frequently and sharing their information. Basically, no tracks, no witnesses, no clear reasons. That's probably what was bothering them the most. So this was a new thing for most of them. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to tell the people that they were supposed to be talking to. People wanted answers, and they didn't have any answers to give them because no tracks, no witnesses. That's really hard to tell somebody what's going on and no clear reason as to why it was happening. As Watts was investigating the possibility of drugs and tranquilizers, that was his theory was, was they were being drugged and tranquilized. And then that's when they stole the blood. And they did some testing on that with certain tranquilizers, and they could get an animal stop moving, and their heart would beat really fast and pump the blood out really fast. And then it would just tip over, and they did whatever they needed to do. I did not get the name of that drug. But as he was investigating this, some burglaries of veterinarian supplies came on the radar. Specific drugs and tranquilizers were being targeted by the thieves. Not to mention, many trank guns were stolen from various dog catcher units and fish and game trucks across the western United States. This is the first time I have ever heard anybody talk about that, about those being stolen. I guess they didn't put them into context with the rest of what was going on. Another theory was UFOs and lights in the sky. People were even reporting that creatures that they would see, too. I personally think it was the, the tranquilizers and trank guns to do that. But it doesn't account for the lights in the sky and the creatures they were seeing. There was a lot of UFO activity going on during that time. Whether or not it had anything to do with cattle mutilations, nobody knows. Many other people believe that it was witchcraft was responsible for these mutilations. One of the cases was the members were conducting a ceremony involving a wooden case, which allegedly contained the remains of an extraterrestrial alien. The police thought it was a mummified Indian child, but several reports of them using that in a ceremony, which I thought was kind of odd. Other ceremonies were said to have been using fire, swords, and other paraphernalia. At a local college, a course on witchcraft was offered to some of the students. Do you remember mom talking about that at that same time? We saw the black helicopters. Yeah. In fact, the story that I got was that many thought he was teaching these classes and maybe experimenting on the cows. From what mom said, the teacher wasn't the one doing the experimenting. A doctor moved in. He moved into the area. That's when it all started. I, yeah, I remember time. that too, yeah. And they thought maybe he was doing some, some of that experimenting right there. And a lot of the animals were found out by the dump in that area. And that's where the house was. Remember that big creepy house by the dump? Went to that house several times. My friend used to live there. It was a little creepy, but that's the house he lived in. It was way creepy. Yeah. It was a big, weird house. It almost looked like a cult camp. No offense to your friend that lived there, but... Yeah, well, they were just renting it for a while, but... Yeah. 
It had like hidden doors. It had hallways. I don't know. It would, there were just the weirdest little rooms and kind of like the Winchester uh, house. huh? It was crazy. It was weird. And it was huge. Like I would get lost in there. Yeah. It is huge. Did it have a chapel in there or something similar to that? I do remember that fireplace. Yes, I think so. That that's the room that I remember. That gave me the greetings. Other theories for the mutilations was a thing called transmigration. If you ate a healthy organ from another source, it would help you and your organ. Others claim that they were calling up demons and that an eye of an animal is taken to see a demon in an ear to hear it. That's the first I'd heard of that too. That's kind of creepy i don't think if you eat a cow's heart that your heart's going to get better but that was a belief this area seemed to be the epicenter according to the book so all the agencies from all over the western united states met there to discuss what to do most of them had no idea what to do or where to even start because no tracks no signs no witnesses and to this day there's still no tracks or signs or witnesses or reason for it the Satan worshiping that used them for that is a good possibility or witchcraft. But the part I find so interesting is that there's no evidence. There's no nothing. Nobody's come forth like the crop circle. Somebody came forth and said, hey, it was us. This is what we did. But nobody's come forth with this. It was new territory for them. I mean, sheriffs from all over would meet and try to see if they could corroborate to figure it out. And it was just a big mystery. My belief was the witchcraft and satanic worshiping that was responsible for that. But again, it doesn't explain the lights and the Bigfoot type creatures that a lot of people were seeing. I think he did a pretty dang good job of investigating because he came up with stuff that I have never heard before. So I think he looked into just about everything. Yeah, they even mentioned the professor was teaching the witchcraft classes up at ISU. They had him come and speak to the oh yeah that's right the sheriffs. They had a big gathering, several states that came and gathered, and he spoke to them about some of the practices and rituals, and just to kind of educate them on that because there was so much of it going on. His name was Doctor Waller Kiginton. He had an interest in occult activities, and he made a study of it. He taught the witchcraft course because of the popular demand at the time. Which is weird because this is a predominantly Christian community. How do they find so many people to participate in that? Yeah, that's kind of how they connected the mutilations and the rituals back to that murder in Shelley. Because the symbols that doctor talked about were some of the symbols that had been written in blood on the wall of that house in Shelley. You you mentioned earlier about some hooded people. So when I was in high school, my senior year for my birthday, which happens to be October 30th, that year, I believe we celebrated Halloween on a Saturday, which was the 30th, because like Mike said, we were from a predominantly Christian community. And so we didn't really celebrate Halloween on Sunday. Anyway, Halloween was being celebrated on my birthday. And my boyfriend, who knew how much I love weird stuff and going out to spillway and doing scary things, decided he was going to get a group of friends together and we're going to go out to the spillway that night. So we go out there and we're just kind of poking around. And all of a sudden we see like this fire, just like all of a sudden it was like, poof, flames just started shooting. And then these people 
I don't even know where they came from. There weren't any cars out there. They were dressed in white robes, almost looked like the Ku Klux Klan. They had hats over their heads, masks, like white sheet masks or whatever. And they were dancing around this fire and chanting something weird that I didn't understand. So we're all just kind of watching them for a second. And all of a sudden they all turn and looked at us and they started running up the hill after us. And so we took off and back to the suburban and hightailed it out of there. But I always assumed that either my boyfriend or one of his friends had kind of set the whole thing up just to scare us, to give us a good thrill. But nobody ever claimed to have done that. And they still deny that they had nothing to do with that. Up until I read this book, that's what I believed was that they just staged it to scare us that night. But then I read this part where the sheriff, they went out to view what was going on one night and the exact same thing happened. Both men and women were dressed in white robes with cowls over their heads, like monk outfits, which is exactly what I saw. They had round satellite-shaped pieces of metal that were commonly used by kids to slide down snow-covered hills. They poured kerosene or alcohol in it and set it on fire so it would burn quick and they were able to contain it, which is also what I saw where the fire just kind of went into flames like all of a sudden. It wasn't like they started a fire with some wood and it eventually gradually started getting bigger. It just went fast. And then they talked about them dancing around in a circle, chanting some sort of weird chant. And I was like, holy cow, that's exactly what I saw. So did I really witness some sort of ritual going on? And all these years, I just thought that my friends were trying to scare us. We heard rumors, but never quite believed that they were true. But But the cows were disappearing around us. Mm-hmm. And our families were involved in monitoring and guarding the animals at night. So this was a real event. It was a big concern for the ranchers and the dairy farmers who were losing a lot of money. Not to mention the money, but it scared the crap out of everybody because mm-hmm. they had no idea what was going on. Once the sheriff's department got word of where these rituals were happening, the cults or what whatever they were would pick a new spot to go to from what I understand started out at the spillway, but then there were other places that they moved to, to do these ceremonies. And one of them was the Butte. Butte. Isn't that the Butte that we went to when we got lost or is that a different Butte? It's out there in that direction, isn't it? It is. But the one that I found was clear up there in Boise above Boise. But then I got rumor of there one being around in that same area, but I couldn't get an exact location for it. Well, there are several buttes out there and they talk about seeing a lot of lights out in that area. There were reports from ranchers that they were seeing lights at night near the butte. And if it's the same butte or the same area, this is where we went to do the UFO watch party because there are a lot of reports of strange and weird lights happening out there. Finish that next three or four sentences. When deputies checked it out, they found a pole standing with strings of beads and locks of human hair tied to it. Also rocks stacked in a pyramid shape to form a large three-corner triangle. We found lots of those out there. Yeah. They didn't like what they found there, but had no explanation for it and concluded a bunch of weirdo kooks were running around the hills. 
They didn't have the manpower they needed to sit around and watch all the time. So nothing more was done except for filing the report. Hooded figures and leaders that seemed to be aware and would move the location when sheriffs got word of where they were at. Weird old kooks running around up there. Yeah, that's what they say in the book. Weird old kooks. I've actually seen the weird old kooks running around up there. One of them had a horse head on. I think that was me. <laughs> you had an alien head on. I had the horse head. The trip where I remembered all the masks and my ghost equipment but forgot pants. <laughs> yeah, we had masks, we had equipment, but no pants. That was one of the best times, though. It was fun. So another thing I wanted to mention, though, was that the timeline... This kind of started in the early 70s, which is about the time they started construction on the dam. I think they they started construction on the dam in 1972, and it was finished in 1975, and then it broke in 1976. It says the Teton River flows from the High Teton Basin, which is Sheriff Johnson's home county. He's the one that kind of led a lot of this investigative work. Down 30 or 40 miles through a narrow canyon carved over centuries to the foothills and then opens abruptly into a plain near Rexburg. It was in the center of the eight counties they included in the task force. Where the river leaves the hills, there is a scattered group of farms and houses loosely referred to as Hog Hollow. That's the road we lived on. We're one of those loosely. Yeah, one of the farms. Referred, yep. From the past several months, the cult had been meeting on a barn near that area, near the river. I wonder where that was. I don't know. Couldn't have been far. This is how we tie in the Teton Dam to this. Here's a quote from the guy. All state cars are to immediately head for Rexburg and await further orders. We have reports that the Teton Dam is breaking. We were told that there was less than an hour before a giant wall of water would roll over the town. As the dam proceeded to break, there were cars rolling down the streets, boats flying up in the air, animals floating down the road, buildings floating down the road, and explosions going off. A woman had a heart attack. A man carrying a handgun accidentally shot himself. And that's how it leads up to the Teton Dam breaking. And then it was almost three months later before our core task force members could meet again. I had one contact. He said he had been with several of the cult members at different times, but they did not all meet together after the flood. They discussed the Teton Dam breaking and the general consensus was that God had visited his wrath on the group by unleashing the dam waters on their meeting spot. There were no more deaths or mutilations reported after that anywhere in that valley. What I gathered from it was they kind of brought in this evil presence or whatever, and they assumed that God had cursed that dam to begin with, which it was cursed to begin with. It never should have been built. Where God had visited his wrath. That also led us to learning about the devil's cave. Ah, uh, Yes. And we had never heard of the Devil's Cave. I had, had you? No, and I've been there a thousand times. I've never heard of it or seen it. We lived there our whole lives and grew up there and never heard about it until this book. And then we found one newspaper article on it. This Devil's Cave supposedly is where all the rituals and satanic worshiping started. They would meet there. Of course, Mike and I were in search of this cave. This is where my friend, who's a county sheriff out there, 
said, oh, I might know what you're talking about. And I've been there. And he kind of drew the little map to kind of point us where it would be. And we went out there one Saturday on your ranger and took us a while to find it. If we hadn't have been looking real hard and knew exactly where to look, I don't think I ever would have seen it. No, there was only one spot on the canyon rim that you could see it from. You want to kind of talk about what it looked like from across the canyon? From across the canyon, there's this little hole at the very base of the canyon wall. It was a cave, 20 by 20 maybe. But somebody had stacked a bunch of rocks up across the opening. It had a doorway with a door in it and then a little window. But you could only see it from one spot on the canyon wall that I could find. And so we went back to the truck and threw the canoe on top of the ranger and drove down, made our way across. We had to canoe over to it because from the other side, I just didn't see a way down. Well, it's Not, private property. You want to trespass, yeah. yeah. But it, there wasn't an easy way down to it. So we paddled across in the canoe and went over to it, and there was no paths to it. The weeds had grown up all around it, and right in front of it was a marshy area that during a wet year or early in the year, you wouldn't be able to access it anyways. We went in there, and the door had been knocked down, or maybe even the floodwaters pushed it over because it did eventually fill up when the dam was constructed. But there was a barrel stove and an old coffee pot and an old dish on top of it. And it looked like it had been abandoned for quite a while. And there were some strange writings on the wall that we could barely make out. But it was kind of fun to find because we had no idea it was there. Who built it and why? From the river, you couldn't see it. You'd have to get on the bank and you'd have to search for it. There was a river bank and then the marsh area. It's almost like a moat around it. So it was full of water and it was mucky, cattail disgusting smell marsh area we just got there late enough on a dry year and we had to kind of bend the cattails over and stand on them to get across but it was kind of fun to find was this the devil's cave that they were all referring to or is there another cave somewhere else that we don't know about this was really the only thing we could find that kind of left us with more questions like who built this and lived in it there was a door there were walls there was a stove Somebody who didn't want to be found pretty hermit-like because it was not accessible. Somebody would float down the river and give them supplies. I don't know how else he got them there. You couldn't really climb down that canyon carrying very much. How he got the cement down there, I don't know. Yeah, it is literally not accessible. Not very easily, no. You can't get there in a vehicle. No. We could get to the other side of the canyon with your ranger or a four-wheeler. But then you still have to canoe across. I think we're going to have to do a part three, but we're going to have to go over there and investigate that place and see if we can come up with anything. I've looked all over for records to see what that could possibly be or who lived there or if that's the Devil's Cave. And there's not a lot out there that mentions anything about it. So I'd really like to know the story behind that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to solve that mystery. You haven't yet. Yep. That'll be our next one, but it might have to wait until next year because we're going to be getting snow and stuff soon. I don't know. I don't I'm very know. excited to go back though. But anyway, that's a story about the spillway. I think that that's about all I have. You mentioned pretty much everything that I was going to mention about in the book. 
it's fascinating to me because I grew up hearing all these things. This was a big mystery for me growing up. We would go out there and explore all the time and not really knowing if any of these stories were true, but then to have real documented accounts from the sheriff's department and other citizens that lived there during the time and the ranchers and the dairy farmers and stuff was really quite interesting to me. And I'm sure they didn't want to be seen as crazy kooks either, but they mentioned seeing the lights and the helicopters and people in hooded robes and some of them saw the creatures too. Yeah. And they weird. did not want to tell anybody because no. who's going to believe them? Right. And they saw all these weird things too, these credible people. There was definitely something strange going on out there. And to this day, there's still an eerie, really eerie presence when you when you head out there, especially at night. Yeah. We'll have to investigate some more. Now we've got more questions. Definitely left me with more questions than answers on that cave. How, why, who? Years ago, I interviewed one of the deputies that worked really hard on these cattle mutilation cases, and he said he investigated them for 17 years. And to this day, they have no idea. They are no closer now than they were 17 years ago. And he said it's strange because they abruptly dropped because they were happening so frequently and then nothing other than there will be a case randomly here and there. But they were happening really frequently for those 17 years that he was involved in investigating them. He thinks the government's doing experiments on the cattle because some of the pictures that he had and he showed me, for example, there was a fetus that came out of a mutilated cow that had a human ear, like it had a monkey head, had hooves like a cow, like they're experimenting. I mean, it was pretty disturbing to see. And I was like, this is a real picture. And he goes, I wouldn't make this up. You can't make this kind of stuff up. But I said, so your theory on the aliens doing it, or you don't think that's true. And he's like, I don't believe it's aliens because I don't know if I believe in aliens. You know, a lot of those guys just don't want to think outside the box either. But if you're thinking about, okay, maybe it is these cults that are using this tranquilizer drain their blood and then put them down and do what they need to do with them and then move them to another location. I don't know. But the thing that Chuck always said was, where are the tracks? There's not like you can lift an animal like that up and set it in another location without tractor or something. You'd have to move it and drop it somewhere. And there's no evidence of that being done. That's the confusing part. That's the intriguing part. Yep. Still a mystery. If you're still interested in learning about this, Chuck has a really good website that he keeps up to date and there's tons of information on it and it's called ufonut.com. Real quick, I was trying to find a little more information about the Teton Dam area and it brought an article up about, I believe it was Rupert. There's a trail along a canyon, very similar to this canyon, but several people had gone past this area that had you know, you see them all over the place, a fire ring and a place where cars pull up in the middle of nowhere to drink beer and have a campfire. But there was a washing machine tub or a big rim, something, and several people had gone by it and saw something inside of it. They thought it looked like bones and the skeleton, but nobody dug deep into it to really see what it was. And some kids were out there screwing around one night and got stuck. 
So dad came by to help him get unstuck and he got stuck. So they walked out and they found this, looked inside and sure enough, it was a baby that had been burned in there. Like a cow? No, a baby human. What? Was inside of this. I don't know what kind of container it was. And so they did an autopsy on it and it had been killed while it was still alive, gutted. I mean, I'm not even going to go into all the details because it was so gross. To make a long story short, eluded that maybe they moved from Teton to this one, moved their operations. I mean, every, they were using a baby, a human. It was baby. a baby. Yeah. At first they thought, well, maybe somebody aborted it or it died and they didn't know what to do with it because that happens a lot. But they did not top. I'm going to have to look that article up now, even though it's disturbing. So it, it didn't stop. It just moved somewhere else. It just moved. You just don't hear about it as much or they're even better at it. Well, if they moved on to humans and they're not killing the cows anymore, then I guess the ranchers aren't concerned. I don't know. That other book that we were talking about, there was a young lady that rumor had it that they were going to get her on Halloween. Do you remember that one? Yeah. And her dad was a policeman or fishing game or something. And a policeman. It took it pretty serious, but she was scared that she was going to be next. And there was rumor about human sacrifice. Who knows? I don't want to believe that's true. but I don't either, but people go missing and we don't ever find them. I hate to think about this, but the Coons kid that disappeared and nobody ever found him, not far from where we're talking about. I don't know. Huh. I mean, just an example that weird things happen that we don't always hear about. Who knows? We could probably go on and on all night, but. It's probably not a healthy obsession, but no, that's the mystery I'd like to solve. Yeah. Uh, I've with a lot of people, but maybe someday we'll solve it. You know, and everybody has their theory about cattle mutilations. Well, we've already solved that This is what's happening, but it doesn't explain everything. Yeah. Not the one theory has covered all the issues that arise with that. The experts said happened. it couldn't happen. So who knows? They're not experts then. I think we have a pretty good episode and hopefully we can make a part three after we go investigate that cave. If you enjoy our show, please like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. We will be introducing other Mystery Media Group guests in our upcoming episodes, along with weekly bonus material. If you'd like to see more pictures and evidence from our adventures, visit www.destination-mystery.com. You'll find a link to our blog, as well as a link for merch and contact information. Until next time, find your own destination. Solve the mystery. This is a production of Mystery Media Group. Yay!